Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I'm your host Danny, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Charlie. So myself and Charlie actually met through, I think we originally met through Compaq. We were both mm-hmm. sponsored by Compaq, which is Jasmine Jeffrey's business. Um, it's in the competing industry and they basically cater for competitors' needs when it comes to skin prep, everything they need throughout their time competing essentially so we met through being sponsored by compact and we've both now moved away from competing a little bit more and we followed a slightly similar path so charlie is an online coach herself charlie would you give us a bit of i know i've just summarized things briefly but would you give us a bit more of a rundown on like how you got into the industry and where you're at now and who do you coach um yeah so hi um it is quite crazy actually when we look back to like how things started and we have taken quite a similar path um definitely i think with our with our path and coaching but yeah i got into really i got into the industry through competing that was i got into the industry quite early days um competitively and that was really my first experience of the fitness industry so i kind of went zero to 100 when i got into the industry straight in um and that's kind of what i knew from the get-go was um was was the competitive side of the fitness industry so um really the past couple of years I've really kind of come into my own um and I'm sort of grown through that I guess because I spent such a long time um with a competitive physique goal um and now I've definitely gone down more of a holistic path probably a combination of maturity and learning as we all do as we move through the fitness industry and we learn what's valuable to us um so yeah I've gone down more of a holistic path um you know still got my own sort of physique goals. I'm a young woman, we all are, um, but a much more well-rounded like approach to fitness and health. Um, and now um, I've sort of transitioned. I, I coached a few people to stage, obviously, because that's once your background, that's what you're comfortable with. Um, but definitely always had in the back of my mind that that wasn't my ideal client. Um, so now my business is definitely taking a turn where I'm working with those ideal clients, <clears throat> women from kind of the age of sort of mid twenties, right up through to like menopausal age in their fifties and dealing with changing bodies um, and just helping them to feel their fittest, their healthiest and allowing them to achieve goals without sacrificing kind of their relationships with their body image or with food um, and, and showing them the, the pathway to do that, which is, which is really rewarding. Yeah. It's really nice to hear because we have quite a similar message now after both taking a step back from like pushing and promoting the extremes and I did a podcast actually I think it was a week and a half ago now where I sort of summarized my own journey and it's funny because I've come back literally full circle like I got into the industry promoting the message that I'm promoting now and it's crazy looking back and you're like oh like I've come back to what I got into the industry for in the first place (laughs) yeah so have you always appreciated the benefits of training and exercise beyond it being just a mean to manipulate your body composition? Or has there been points where you have trained purely for aesthetics, such as when you were competing? So to be honest, I think actually the majority of time up until the past couple of years I always had an aesthetic goal um that that was just how I came into the industry I think initially maybe when I started resistance training there definitely was a feeling of you know like feeling strong and that was kind of 2013 2014 and, and women just weren't doing that at that time and I was just 
I was like 19, 20, and I just loved being different. So anything where it's like, oh, people aren't doing that, I wanted to do it. Like I was in that phase of my life. So that's what pushed me towards that was like, oh, it's different and it, I like feeling strong. But it very, very quickly, within like 12 months of me starting to resistance train, um, someone just mentioned the word bikini show to me and, and that off that went then. Um, so it was quite a quick transition. So I do feel like, I've, I have always had an aesthetic goal previously. Um, I know like I listened to that podcast that you did and you obviously came from a sporty background when you were younger, um, but I, I never was sporty. And I think I always wanted to be, but I came from a family that weren't sporty, um, that didn't kind of appreciate health and fitness. So I never had those doors open to me or that didn't feel accessible. Um, and it was when I kind of, it's like early teens, I started dancing. That was kind of my experience. And then, um and naturally my body got smaller and then obviously I wanted to just be more shapely and strong and that's how I then got into the gym but um I didn't have a sporty background so for me competing gave me that kind of um oh there's something else here but it was still quite closely tied to aesthetics so um for, for a long time it was manipulating my body composition um and and it's kind of the past few years that I've really started to appreciate the things outside of that so yeah. Did you find that it took you quite a while to almost recondition yourself to recognizing the benefits of like exercise beyond it being just, oh, I'm going to do this to manipulate my, my body? Yeah, I, I think I think it did because I think it's really hard. Like, you know yourself when you come out of that bubble um, and there's times when you think you have you think you're out of it and you're not like in the kind of the mindset that you're in it's not a, a, like a switch that you flip um so it, that transition wasn't overnight it did take me time and I think even just checking checking yourself now like I think there's times when you when you thought you you appreciated the other things like oh you know I'm stressed I'm going to go to the gym but then actually look, looking back on that you're like because it was something I could control to control my body um so I think coming out of the other side of that I realized that um that that transition took a little bit longer than maybe it looked on the surface, but um, it, it is challenging, I think, and not just from your own experience, but obviously pressures of social media and things like that. And the identity that is very much attached to like the bikini girl and the friends that we create around it and coming out of that is, you know, there's so much more than just flipping that switch to yourself. There's all the socio things that are, you know, that are attached to it as well and the identity. So, um, yeah, it was, it, it was a hard transition. Um, and I think it'll always kind of be a bit of a work in progress to like check ourselves as well. Yeah. Um, I so think yeah. as well, like it takes, it almost takes sometimes you to take a step back from being within a certain situation for you to gain a certain perspective on things. Because when yeah. you're like wrapped up in, for example, competing and manipulating your body, like through your training, that being your sole motivation really with competing because you're getting judged on your body, it can take you stepping back from that to like actually realize that there is almost more to life and there's more to training than that. Because when you're wrapped up in it, it can seem like oh, I, I need to carry on with this. I need to set myself the next goal within this sport. And you get so like all consumed by it, if that makes sense. No, definitely. And I think um, the, the thing for me, and I think I, I've always been fairly like self-aware and I think there was definitely, 
definitely things that would jar me when I was doing it that I knew this doesn't sit right, but I couldn't quite work it out yet as to kind of well, what is my pathway. Um, and I think for me that the, the thing that kind of almost made it not enjoyable was when I started doing really well at it. Um, because initially when I got into it, I was like, this is different. No one's doing this. This is my thing. And I was good at it from the start. And obviously the, you know yourself, like bikini got more and more competitive over the years. The conditioning got harder more good girls were coming into it so you had to push harder and it got to a point where it's like if you've consistently placed well you can't show up and not place well so it goes away from being your journey to being like I can't fail at this and all of the external pressure that comes with that um and like you say when you are so wrapped up in that you're always thinking well like I have to do this show and I have to do well and there's always that that push forward thing and it's, it's actually when you take a step back like you say like was that my goal or was that something that I allowed from society around me and the bubbles that I was in to, to yeah. push that trajectory? Um, and, you know, there was times when I, even when I was, I remember prepping for our county and like, you know yourself, like you only have to put one picture up shredded and your inbox is full. You've got instant gratification with all of these likes on social media. And then it was really jarring because the inboxes that I was getting were from girls that I would think like, wow, you look amazing, you're so healthy and everything. They'd be like, oh, goals. And then I'd be like, that doesn't sit right with me because I feel horrific. Um, and that's when I started to kind of realise that transition. And like you say, of like, is this actually what I want to do? Or do I need to kind of take a step back here and, and figure this out? Yeah, it's so good. to. It's like really interesting to hear. And I think it's really good that you've shared that because it's made the point of like sometimes on surface level these things can look like what we people would call goals but then like you said behind the scenes you never know what's going on and that person might not feel great their health might be in the gutter like they might not actually be happy and fulfilled and following their own goals you never know what's going on like beyond surface level especially when it comes to things like social media yeah 100% and I think like, don't get me wrong, and I'm like, I, I, I loved competing for the majority of the time. Like, I did it for what, like, seven, eight years. Like, and obviously had little pockets off in between, but um, I have some great memories of it. And I actually was looking through old posing videos, and I was like, it's funny because what I take from that now is actually not how shredded I was, not how I looked, any of that. The only thing I take away now is this, how much I showed up for myself when I didn't think I could. And that's yeah. something that competing taught me, but um, that isn't linked to my body image anything else it brought to my life because in fact it started completely taking from my life um and it is so easy to hide that on social media um so I think we can attach so much to kind of a, a physical goal that you've got to just be self-aware to the point where it's if you you kind of and I guess you realize this from a coaching perspective which is again why we kind of more have more process based goals now in the way that we coach clients as well that if that journey stops serving you you need to knock it on the head because no matter how shredded you get or how big your glutes get you will never be happy um and I think when you've actually been there yourself um and you've come away from that and you've actually experienced it and stepped back like you've got the kind of the badge to show you've been there it's it can yeah. be quite helpful other people yeah definitely and so going back to training and exercise do you think that your sort of motivation for training has an impact on your body image and also your enjoyment of the process um in terms of like do you mean like what the oh, so in training enjoyment so, i think 
yeah so yeah. like when it comes to like your motives for training so say your motivation was um to manipulate your body composition versus your motivation being to improve your overall health and well-being improve your function etc do you think that the motivation for training has an impact on a your body image and to your enjoyment of the process itself yeah 100 because i think i don't know about you but i think if you've only got that kind of results based goal where it's kind of this i'm doing this to get me to from a to b and that's that um you do you lose a lot of the in between like you don't value the things in between and you i don't know about you but i always felt never good enough because yeah you will never ever get there like you think you might on paper get from a to b like you know yourself if you look back at say a prep a prep or something where you did like 14 weeks and you can physically see the difference but you never actually feel that internally because you always feel not good enough if you're just striving for a results-based goal um so i think actually when it comes down to training enjoyment and valuing the in-between and, and i think something again that we can step back and see is like it's all about that in-between journey um and you know you think about time passing like your life is going to pass that like you have to learn to appreciate what's going on in the moment and the value that that's bringing to your life because it, it's just gonna it's just gonna pass by you so a hundred percent i think in regard to like body image when i'm enjoying my training whatever that looks like um what you know right now that's different very different to how it used to be um my body image is definitely at its best when i'm not just focusing on it on a results based goal because i think you appreciate your body a hell of a lot more um yeah. and i think reminding people it's just something i do with clients all the time that body image is not not aesthetics they are they are two separate things and body image is completely in your mind um and it's how you how you feel and how you see yourself rather than actually what you look like yeah and i think sometimes people will almost get into training and manipulating their nutrition thinking that what they want to improve is their body composition when in reality it's their body image that needs to be addressed and improved yeah. and it's an important thing to establish that the two are two separate entities so that you know what you're working to improve and you're doing the right thing for you and like you said when you do focus on those process-based goals that has a positive impact on your body image and if it's yeah. your body image that needs to change you might be doing the complete wrong thing by training just for aesthetics when people usually jump to having say a fat loss goal yeah and 100 percent, i think you can do you can do both and i think they both feed into each other but it's it's very much i think from a, and we see this from a coaching perspective is how we um celebrate people's wins and what we see as wins um like the non-scale based victories and things like that that it's really putting the value there because that the rest of it will take care of itself if your body image is in the right place, if you're mentally in a good place, if you're valuing all of these little things, then naturally you will move into a healthy body. Um, and I think a lot of the time I see with clients, they'll come to you and maybe say, I want to lose two stone or I want to be this weight. And actually when they start the process, a couple of pounds and a completely flipped body image changes their life. Yeah. Um, and they actually start to realize that it's not about the actual weight that they've lost, but what they've learned along the way and the lifestyle that they've built for themselves and the relationship with themselves. Um, and, and that is the win. Um, so no, a hundred percent. And I think, uh, we know as, as individuals and clients know that they are two separate things. And I think, um, it's, it's interesting to see, particularly with clients, that mindset shift from what they think they want to actually 
what they end up achieving, which I think is a whole lot more than than just a, a scale based victory. Yeah, and we've spoken a little bit about your motivation for tra- training changing as you've grown as a person, like on a personal level. Do you think your professional development has influenced your motives for training as well? Yeah, definitely. I think um, definitely the past sort of twelve months. I think reinvesting in myself and sort of education and things I think again having the ability to do that because competing is expensive (laughs) and coming out and actually going no do you know what I'm going to put my money into my business um and doing that getting more confident in who I want to be as a coach the kind of education that I'm then filling my head with um that has that's definitely helped in terms of um making me more confident as a coach professionally and also just kind of reinforcing what I, the message that I want to that I want to kind of communicate because um, oh god don't worry you were saying about how your professional development has sort of like reinforced what message you want to put out there into the world yeah so um, yeah in terms of my motivation for training then like if I think about how I want to coach clients and aligning my own training with that um I, I've got to walk the walk and like talk the talk type of thing and it, that's easy when you're competing it's like well I'll do it too and then I'll prep people to do that but it's a lot harder when you have process-based goals to actually keep yourself in check and make sure that you are doing what, what you expect from your clients so I think as I've got more um more confident in myself as a coach in my education it's definitely I, I did EIQ nutrition last year and that kind of changed the game for me really um and being able to I think coach and hold people accountable in a compassionate way that supports that was really a game changer because we're so used to like the usual system of like you check in you lose weight you do this this is how you you manage the process and that gave me a really good like okay these are things that you can celebrate with people that will get them great results from such a more holistic way and then I, I applied that to myself it wasn't just me applying that to clients it was it was applying that to myself as well and me actually feeling the benefit of that as a coach and being able to communicate that confidently then as a coach as well. Um, and, and as a result of that, my, my training has, has changed massively and it's completely about how I feel rather than how I look. And yeah, I think it's so powerful putting those things into practice on yourself as well as with clients because you really get to see the benefits then of having those process-based goals and having the focus away from just being manipulating your body composition. It really like solidifies that to yourself and shows you how powerful it is. So then when you're applying that with clients, you're like, you, you know how much it's going to change their life essentially. Yeah. Again, it's like, yeah, if you've got that, that experience yourself and you're like, you know, I've lived this, I've done it, and I, I know how great this can feel. And I think, especially when you're working with such a diverse range of people, um, have been able to relate to them on that level, you know, that they they could be mothers, they could be older women, that their bodies are changing. Like, you've, you've got to find that common ground with people where you kind of go, you know, this, this will enhance your life in a multitude of ways that is aside from the way that you look um and the interesting thing being that actually I feel like year round now my body is in a much better place all year round by doing that so again that's something that I can communicate to clients and say like if if it is your your aesthetics that you're worried about or that you are wanting to come and get a handle on maybe that actually when you actually work on your body image and you have this control and empowerment over your life where you're like 
so proud of the life that you live and you, it's it's a health focused life that you live in you, your body your body won't need these dips all year round this cutting into holidays and this that the other and um and naturally you will you will just fall into a healthy body by by focusing on these processes yeah i can fully relate to that 100% and i think like mastering maintenance as well from a body composition perspective can be one of the most powerful things rather than constantly having to manipulate your body composition to an extreme level whether that be like you know you'll see a lot of people they'll go through constant cycles of aggressive fat loss followed by being an aggressive surplus and that definitely serves a purpose but i think once you've done that or if you're someone who doesn't need or want to push the extremes if you can learn to master this middle ground and then just maintain where you're at rather than going through these constant cycles it's it's such an incredible thing to be able to do and so powerful i agree and i think again from the background that we come from like you know um you say if you were going through i'm going to use the the, the word the bulk phase um where you are like maybe putting on some excess body fat as well as tissue uh, like muscle tissue that you kind of spend half of your life almost feeling like you have to justify what you look like oh i'm not i'm not dieting at the moment or oh i'm i'm, I'm going to wear this hoodie because you know i'm not at my prime and like like what kind of life is that like who wants to live there that that's the kind of that the mentality that i'm in at the, at the moment and like you say if you're pushing an extreme you have to kind of accept that sometimes that's necessary but that for me shouldn't be the norm especially for women um you know it's a bit of a storm of of body image issues anyway to actually feel like we have to go into this system where where we spend half of our life justifying because we might be holding a little bit more body fat and then having to punish ourselves into into a cut to be able to to show our body off it's just this cycle of, of of turmoil it feels like i think for women so um like you say i think actually mastering the in between and staying there and actually how much you can you know if you want to add add muscle tissue for example like how much you can actually do when you are consistently at maintenance and not having to live in extremes is like you say it's really really powerful and um yeah i think the, the cyclical kind of um diet bulk or diet push kind of mentality and you see it anyway with holidays like you know i have to diet into a holiday um to feel worthy to wear a bikini that's a body image issue that's not a scale weight or body fat issue um and actually being able to just feel confident all year round i think it's a similar process that you've probably gone through yourself and being able to be like oh, i'm going away in a few weeks yeah i'll wear a bikini and i'm not stressed about it like that is like gold dust like that's that is the goal i think and that is you know for me for me as a coach now that to, to get a client to that point is massively satisfying over getting someone shredded yeah exactly and something that i've been trying to get my girls to do personally as well is when we've got photo shoots coming up actually pushing them to just do it as they are without running a fat loss phase for the photo shoot because they already have a great body image they have a, they're sat in a great body composition and they feel great within themselves so then like why would you pursue a fat loss phase for a photo shoot when you already look and feel amazing and you're holding that like you're your best self so show up as your best self don't manipulate your body composition for this shoot 
and that is rewarding in itself because it shows you that you don't have to manipulate your body composition to look and feel your best self you can just show up as you are if you live a certain lifestyle yeah exactly and when you're not when you're not toying with the extremes like there is never a need to not be anything but yourself um because you are living living your best life but you're like living that healthful life and you know then you're proud to get in front of the camera regardless of kind of you know what that might look like which nine times out of ten if you are focused on process-based goals will look like a healthy body type anyway so it's it's it is definitely all body image related and i think i don't know about you but i've definitely done shoots where i've been really really lean that maybe post-show or i've dieted into and it's been a horrible time getting that lean and i look at those photos and i don't like them because like people might go oh my god goals oh my god you look amazing but like all i see is how horrific i felt um so like you want to look back at these things and be like i looked great and felt great there and that kind of oozes on the camera um like you know we did our shoot last year and like those photos yeah. i love looking at good photos because we were all just so like happy and just ourselves and um everybody that was was there was just like yeah i feel great and i don't think any of us like dieted into that shoot yeah. um and, and you, you look back at those photos and they're the ones that you're proud of. Um, so I think there's a, from, again, from a coaching perspective, like using that experience and re reminding people of that. And like you say, putting those things in place where you're like, do you want to rock that boat when you already kind of have the, go the golden nugget of great body image, a healthy body? Do you want to rock that boat just so that your abs are a little bit more defined in front of the camera? Like, is that worth it? And actually getting them to weigh that up? Yeah exactly and so out of interest what does your training look like now charlie and what are your reasons for doing what you do um so my my, my training's a little bit of a hybrid of everything at the moment Same. um <laughs> it's like do everything um so always have some kind of resistance training as a foundation um which is something that obviously I, i'll i'll preach to clients um for a, fun a functional base. i know you you do a lot of like functional training don't you but i i still enjoy traditional resistance training um but for a functional reason in terms of like i, I want my body to be strong um i want to be able to move well um i want to be injury free all all that usual kind of thing um and all of the great health benefits that come from having a little bit more muscle tissue um but i really realistically if i'm being honest i only resistance train to maximum of three times a week um and yeah i follow kind of a rough structure but in terms of like as a coach you know you go in and you go right i'm going to do one warm up like one isolation exercise what one pull one push what and then it follows a rough structure but what i actually do will vary because i just want to enjoy my training and again with the splits like i'll kind of do maybe like glute hamstring because I, that's kind of the only area i'm interested in that may grow that's great fine um and then a kind of mash of like full body type training so i kind of keep that interesting i don't kind of not in a rush to get any bigger so i don't kind of push in terms of like doing the same thing and, and pushing numbers every week um i've done my bit with that and i'm kind of happy with where i'm sat um so kind of resistance from a maintenance and functional perspective and then whatever i enjoy really right now i'm doing yoga at least twice a week um just because and i think i feel like a lot of us have put that into our life from like a i'm the same yeah <laughs> i'm doing yoga twice a week and honestly it's one of the best things i've ever decided to do i love it 
it was actually a client of mine that inspired me to do that because I used to dabble in it on and off like I'd kind of go to classes here and there and I've done it for years like we've got a really nice hot yoga studio by us and like I've got comfortable with the movement so I know that I can follow a movement know what I'm doing like a flow and know what I'm doing um but it's something that I spoke about with a client because she was definitely going down a more kind of process-based type of, of, of training we were pulling her away from like um kind of constraints around training and stuff and she included yoga and I thought do you know what like I'm going to take inspiration from her and I actually put it in myself and it is it's been incredible I think when you spend so much time I guess talking to people and um running a business I think especially for me it really really helps to kind of disconnect and, and just bring myself back to myself and calm um and calm my mind so um for me yoga and Again, if you'd have asked me like three years ago, if I was going to do yoga, I would want to be the girl that's standing on her head and is the best at yoga in the room. Um, but now that's not really what I do it for at all. And it couldn't be more different. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a simple flow and my aim is to feel good when I finish this flow. And that's it. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where I'm sat. And then I'm trying to get little bits of like cardio in like runs here and there. But that is more just because... I really miss that kind of that feeling when you you push yourself from a cardio perspective and you kind of get that that rush um again it all down to how I feel not necessarily because I want to manipulate my body for it but because um I, I coming from a dancing background I miss that like that rush of like f- finishing something that's making your heart beat out of your chest and feeling amazing yeah um, exactly so yeah. and like going back to being process focused and um the benefits of training outside of it being a means to manipulate your body composition. You know, you've given examples with yoga and resistance training there and with your cardiovascular exercise, you know, heart health, like it's so important. And so like overlooked people don't focus on that sort of thing. And that leads quite nicely into the next question as well. So if someone is trying to be more process focused with their training what measures of progress might they use themselves or if they're a coach with clients, if they're trying to promote that approach? Something that I, well, obviously from doing it myself and something that I do with clients and that I get them to think about is um, celebrating small wins and how they feel in the moment and actually really, really honing in on that daily. So taking a bit of a pause and recognizing how they feel um, and, and getting used to kind of, writing feelings down and journaling and actually taking time to have gratitude for all of the things their body can do and allows them to do um so where you might necessarily um in a traditional way when you're monitoring something from a body composition perspective you would look at like your photos and that's how you would know if something was quote-unquote working whereas I think when you've got a more process-based goal it's all down to how you feel and how it's impacting your life um so for me, and again, the last sort of 12 months, my, my check-in process with clients has moved from, we still take data, obviously, because it, it, it's beneficial on, on the whole, but it's a lot less data focused and a lot more sort of qualitative data focused in terms of the data's there in the background, but I'm more interested in terms of what they've got to say, how they feel, how they're performing, um, how their exercise, their activity is affecting the rest of their life um, and really getting them to to recognize that because I think we when you're looking for like um in terms of results based goal we talk a lot about like delayed gratification and like you just got to keep showing up and then the results will come and actually you lose that kind of um appreciation for the instant gratification and the instant wins that come 
from the in the rest of your life when you focus on the process so actually really getting them to focus on that um and and how much it's enhancing their life and celebrating small wins um helps them to have that appreciation for for the process and actually if they do have have a you know they want a result doing that will actually help that um but I think focusing solely on the results it actually is, is only going to do it going to do nothing but take away um yeah. from, from the value of everything else so yeah and with some goals that are non-body composition related you know there's some data that can go with them that we could use such as like if someone has a high resting heart rate we could look to lower that if someone has issues with blood pressure we could look to change that data there's certain like process-based almost measurements that we could use as well um but i think what you said about it being more about how you feel is really important because your body is the best feedback you'll ever get most of the time and i think that like when you get into this position where you are comfortable here and you um you can actually think about that again because i think definitely there is times and maybe even starting out with a client that they maybe can't listen to their body signals reliably um but actually when you get to that position where you can that's that is really really powerful because your body literally does just tell you um and it's the same with like with with hunger signals um, and fullness signals and getting people to recognize that as well again if you're, you're coming from a dieting background like you can't trust those signals all of the time but when you actually get into a space where you you can do that, that again your body will literally say i am tired i need a rest i am hungry i need more food like you, the, the body signals then become a lot more reliable and actually getting people to trust that um yeah. it, it's massive it's funny as well on that note i had a client a call with a client actually yesterday and we were talking about she said oh should i think about getting an aura ring and i was like well you could but it's quite a big investment and what is it going to tell you that your body isn't already telling you like if you're tired you've probably not had a good night's sleep like what is the aura ring going to tell you more than what you're already getting from your body is that going to change what you're doing in terms of optimizing your sleep no it's just more data and often that additional data can cause more stress than it's worth yeah like analysis paralysis like it's you know we we monitor the things as coaches that we need to know for that client so you know what we choose to monitor will be client dependent dependent on their goal and where you know that will also change depending on as they they grow and they are able to focus focus on different measures um but again like with clients like if we're getting them to to think about their need levels for example like the, the the only real thing that a fitness tracker can tell me as a coach is their general neat levels like even steps are a general measure of their neat levels so like it, that that is pretty much i want you to wear a step tracker when we very first start coaching <laughs> pretty much so i can see how generally how active you are other than that i think like you say like what else is it going to tell you your body will tell you that and sometimes the data actually can cause more stress than not because you, you could have a great night's sleep and your watch at your Fitbit or your ring could be like, oh, you didn't get into a deep sleep last night and you kept waking up every half an hour and you'd be like, but I feel, I feel great, but my sleep's not good. And then you start thinking, well, I need to do something about it. But does it matter if you feel great? No, <laughs> like, you know, um, and, and vice versa that you could wake up feeling horrendous and the watch or the, the ring could tell you that you had a great night's sleep, but it doesn't matter if you feel awful, you need to do something about it. So, yeah 
um yeah i think that's really important because i think definitely when people start their journey they want all of the things and they want you know to monitor everything and actually being able to pull the actual data that is important to that client at that time and getting them to focus on the non-negotiables and what's relevant to them um, and kind of filter out everything else um, is important as well. Yeah. And for those listening who might be trying to move away from having such a heavy body composition related focus, I thought it would be useful to go through some of the benefits of training or exercise beyond it being just a means to manipulate your body composition. So what are some of those benefits that training or exercise can offer us? God, where do we start? Where do we start? So um, I think I think this is hard because I have to I have to kind of flip my mindset back to like if I didn't have any of this, where would I be? Um, so obvious health benefits of kind of like we've already spoken about from like a cardiovascular perspective and a disease perspective um, and, and your overall, your general health, your mobility, um, your functional strength. And I don't know about you, if you take time off training, um, I don't know, like we're all human, like things get on top of us. I definitely had a period of time where work got on top of me and I took a little bit of time off and I could feel my body changing. Um, so injury prevention, um, you, you know, your general, your general strength. Um, and it's something that I see definitely with like family members and things that maybe don't put exercise into their life. Like when they are getting to a certain age, when they are getting injuries and maybe their, um, their bodies aren't helping them in terms of the functionality of their body. You can see that very, very clearly. So definitely from an injury prevention and a health perspective and really for me the biggest the biggest one on top of that being a mindset perspective a mental health perspective um not just keeping like your body functioning but your mind function as well which is i guess we're, we're so all much more aware of that nowadays than we were even a couple of years ago um but you know particularly the past couple of years i think people have really started to recognize that and wellness has become a lot more discussed in terms of um taking care of your mental health and, and how important that is and I think everybody saw that in the lockdowns and things like that about you know getting outside moving um and, and protecting yourself and um and your mental health so I think for, from a physical and mental health perspective exercises it it shouldn't really be a, a negotiable none of that is related to our body composition it's not a case of like we should all be trying to be in smaller body types but we should all be trying to be as well as we can mentally and physically um and for, for an adult well and for kids but as, as an adult exercise is, is really non-negotiable in terms of creating creating a healthy mind and a healthy body yeah and just to add to that like things like stronger bones decreased likelihood of issues like osteoporosis we discussed earlier improved body image as we focus on function rather than just our appearance things like run, being able to run around with your kids if you have kids improved yeah. social health that's one that i've like found obviously joining a crossfit box which is quite community focused or even going to the yoga studio um, we can become part of a community and experience in-person interaction, which is really beneficial for us, especially when we spend so much time on screens. Um, yeah. And like the fresh air and daylight exposure that comes with things like going out for runs as well and going out for walks in fresh air. It's so good for us. Time of year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When it's like dark at 4pm. <laughs> and something that I get when you said about the osteoporosis, which something... Um, because I've started to work with a lot more women that are kind of going through menopause and things like that 
I think a lot of people, um, maybe they, they would, it's, it's becoming a lot more accepted now to like resistance train, for example, that your whole way through your life. But, um, a lot of people kind of shy away from that, I guess, if they're coming into the space when they are, um, you know, sort of pushing maybe towards their 40s, late 40s and 50s, if they haven't had prior experience before. Um, and a lot of people thinking, you know, is there something special I can do when I'm going through this part of my life? But when when our hormones are changing, the best thing you can do is, is just exactly the same as anything that we'd say to any client is be exercise.